Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. And thanks for joining us, uh, Beamaz and Beamer here on WBEN. Um, Joe here with me, who you heard a lot of over the weekend. Yes. Um, you know, thanks for being here, Joe, and uh, a lot of conversations you had. Who can you check out uh, on demand? You can check out, uh, we talked with um, former Buffalo Captain Ronaldo. We talked with uh, John Elmore and Terry Connors, among others. Um, you know, to kind of put everything into perspective and what to expect legally um, in the week coming. So you had a, a little bit of a different experience with this than me because you were here over the weekend. And I, you know, I'm thinking about Monday morning. And what does that sound like after what happened? And I, the big question is what to say. And I think that's a tough question today. Yeah. I, even nearly two days later, and I, I would imagine everyone you talked with over the weekend, Joe, it's that's kind of the question. Even as you're talking, that you're grappling with is you might be talking, but you, your guests, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to say. And on Saturday, Brian, uh, it, the first 45 minutes I was on, uh, it was really difficult to put my feelings into words, right? It, it is one of those things. You hear people say it so cliche. Oh, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm speechless. Saturday, I, I was honestly struggling to find words um, to describe how I was feeling to, to, to talk, you know, talk about this. And you're right. Two days later, it still is that same feeling. And, and it's, it's really difficult to find the words. It's, I, and I still have, it's like a knot in your stomach. And for me, it was about coming in today, and partly for the obvious reasons, I think. It's still the event. It's sadness. It's anger that we're all feeling as kind of a direct result of the attack on Saturday. But it's also knowing that it's something I have to kind of confront. You know, you knew over the weekend, work here isn't an escape from paying attention to everything bad that's happening in the world. It's right. the opposite um, here, especially, where I, I think a lot of people, you 
you can go and do something else and it puts you in a different place and you don't think about it quite as much. Uh, and I think the other thing is here, especially as you grapple with the question of what you can say, there is some, there's some expectation, right, of something profound being said. Um, and whether that's somebody here or that is the governor or the mayor or anybody who spoke at a church over the weekend or anyone who was in front of a microphone talking about this event, I, I think people are expecting some sort of take on the matter, um, some idea, theory as to why this happened, maybe how this could have been stopped, something to provide a little bit of insight. And, you know, I think over the weekend, a lot of people did that very admirably. Um, some not as much in my mind. Uh, but, you know, coming in today, that's not necessarily my style. I am not the type of person to pretend that I know how to stop the ills of the world. I, and I've never been that. And, you know, how do you come up with what to say with the, I, you know, to be truthful, a defeatist attitude? I talked about this earlier this morning with John Flynn. I, you know, a lot of people are pointing fingers. I, I don't have the attitude that you want John Flynn to have or, you know, a, uh, a U.S. attorney or anybody you heard where I am left thinking, how in the world are you supposed to stop a terrorist attack carried out by one person traveling hundreds of miles uh, under any sort of scope of anybody who would be trying to stop this? I you feel defeated in a way and you feel angry that somebody would come into your hometown and do this. And I think that was amplified. I talked about this with Dr. Cummings. It was amplified Saturday by people whose first instinct was to jump on social media and argue with one another. Mm -hmm. uh, people who before any facts were known, were very quick to brand all of Western New York as racist. Uh, people who say on a public platform that, you know, half the nation would subscribe to the same racist ideology. I, you know, I was reading takes that the 33 Expressway led to what happened Saturday. You know, all of these things, I, I think, added to my anger and added to the question of what to say, because you're not going to hear any of that from me. I am trying to figure out how do you convey to average Western New Yorkers, the people we talk to, Joe, on a day-to-day -day basis, who in large part are focused on themselves and their family, who are friendly to their neighbors of all races, of all genders, of all ages, who will do something to help their community, to help other people if they see the opportunity, who live their lives mostly just wanting to be treated with respect and treat other people uh, with respect the same way they would expect to be treated themselves. And I think that's most people. And I think most people don't have an answer 
when they see people say that we need to stop hate or uh, all of these calls that we see because how can you actively stop something that for most people you don't see or you're not really thinking about? And the only thing that I have to say is that I think most of the people listening to this right now are not going to say anything through the words, but it's by actions. And it's by some of the things we talked about earlier this morning. It's by going to the grocery store. And it's by going to church. And it's by continuing to be good neighbors to everybody. By going to work. By going to events, to concerts. To continue to live as a thriving multicultural community that we are here in Western New York. And, you know, I'm opening this show thinking about what to say with the only thing that's really running through my head with this being that the biggest statement we make is by doing what we do, the human thing, moving forward. That action to me is what would show that hate isn't tolerated, that it's not going to stop us from being who we are, and that is a good neighbor to everybody. And that, to me, speaks louder than anything I could say, certainly, Yep. Um, and I think anything most people would say. And I do, you know, want to try and figure out <laughs> what you say. Um, to whoever, what you're feeling still 48 hours after this. And if you feel a call to action, what is it? Because I think a lot of people are in that boat of wanting to help, but not knowing how they could do it. When you see somebody say, you know, we all need to help and stop this. Right. I mean, how does the average person do that? I mean, how does the average person who is doing all those things, who is not a hateful person, who is friendly to their neighbors, who goes about their lives trying to live best for themselves, their family, and their neighborhood, how does the average person do that? Well, you continue being a good neighbor, right? Like, as you said, you continue... Um, being there for the community. You be there for those. We grieve together. We're there for those who need us. Brian, look at yesterday. You talk about the uh, the city of good neighbors. Look at um, the, the uh, Buffalo community fridge. Uh, stocked up. They had to stop uh, getting monetary donations because they had gotten so many on Venmo in the morning. I mean, it is, as you said, actions showing that not only are we good neighbors most of us, every day of the week, we are there for our community. But when those in need, when, when, there is, when, when there are people that are in need in this community, we come together and we are there for them. Not only are we grieving with them, with them, we are there for them and we'll continue to be there for them. And I think it's been very well illustrated the last two days. You're right. A lot of people still don't know what to say uh, or don't know how to express their pain, uh, but they are showing their generosity and they're showing uh, that, that, you know, this, this hateful racist monster uh, cannot break this community and that we are, we are still Western New York. We're still Buffalo.
So what do you say? What do you do? Uh, 803-0930 is the number uh, to give us a call or a text this morning, uh, because I I still think that is a very tough question. Uh, Whether that's, what do you say to a kid who, you know, Joe, you've heard me say this a lot of times before, uh, and you'll see it in the news, you know, how to talk to your kid about, you know, X, Y, or Z. Uh, how to talk to your kid about, you know, war or about an attack or about a volcano or, you know, something else. And and I'm always kind of, you know, looking at this and, well, I mean, you have to ask yourself the question first, do you need to? You know, is that a conversation you need to have? Now we're in a situation where it's unavoidable, uh, where maybe you didn't ever have that conversation before. You, You didn't need to, but now it's in your community. How do you do that? I, do you talk about it? Do you, and I don't think there's anything wrong with, you, you know, Joe, what I did later Saturday night, I was watching a hockey game because I am not, I, I can't continue to look at the news, to look at right. the stories going and stay in a sane state uh, mentally. Uh, I need to find some sort of distraction to give myself a break uh, from what's going. And, and I think that's a lot of people, too. Maybe it's not thinking about it as much. And maybe that's your way of coping. And, and I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that right now. But but how do you do it? And that's what Micah Hyde said, Hyde said yesterday. That's why they continued. They they still had that game is because they said they wanted to give Buffalo something to smile about, give Buffalo you know some kind of distraction. Uh, but then again, you know obviously also by being there, being there for the community. Uh, and I think uh, what he said was um, I think appreciated by many. And obviously um, where that money is now going is obviously also very appreciated. Uh, by the community. Brian, you said something to Dr. Cummings earlier, and, and you uh, said it a few minutes ago. It, it, it does amaze me um, because, as you said, I, I have struggled. Again, if you heard me Saturday night, I struggled to find uh, the words to express you know, my pain and, and you know, the pain I can see when I turned on the TV and I, I saw you know, the interviews of those in the community, those that were in the store, and you know, seeing the pain and hearing the pain in their voices. And then you go on social media, which, you know, we always talk about how toxic it is. And you have people, we need to come together, but in the same breath, uh, saying, but this is your fault, your fault, and your fault. And, and it's just, are, are we coming together or are we just going to let this tear us, uh, tear us apart? I, that was the thing I couldn't handle. Uh, and I, I, you have better control than I by putting the phone down. That's when I had to put down the phone, and it happened almost immediately. I, I mean, that was the thing that, you know, and I said amplified it wasn't the reason uh why you're angry uh but it amplified your anger to see that the natural reaction from a lot of people is to argue yeah and and it's not even necessarily in a lot of cases i think putting blame on somebody else it's it's just arguing um and it's 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 saying it's putting something out there, trying to get a response, trying to poke somebody else that I I couldn't deal with for more than about 10 minutes of seeing some of what was posted before I needed to shut it all down because it was not the time 
for a clever take on the matter right when you're still trying to figure out exactly what happened it's like there are many people now in this in, in, in this country where their default is to argue like i don't know if that's a social media thing i don't know if that's always been there but the default is to argue it is to you know not i don't know and again i think i think posts like that i think it's it's you say we got to come together and then say that I, 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 you're sending two separate signals, in my opinion. So I don't really know what to say today because I'm not ready to start looking for answers, uh, and that will come. But what do you have to say? 803-0930. We'll begin with James. James, is, is there something about what happened over the weekend? You know, I think generally we become desensitized to this. Does it bring it back to a place where that's not the case anymore? Yeah, I, I, I'm listening to you guys here, and um, this was a tragic accident. Like that accident was premeditated. This was sick. Um, but as a whole of Buffalo, we, as a city of good neighbors, you're absolutely right. I was in for about 45 minutes. You're right. Everything together, we, we help each other out. This gentleman, I, I don't even know his name because I, I don't even want to know his name, went and did a horrible thing. He pre planned this whole thing. He went hundreds of miles from his home to our neighborhood and he selectively targeted African American people. That is disgusting in my eyes. But this now, there's a bigger picture. I'm a gun owner. Those black, scary guns that everybody is like, wants to ban. It's not, he used one. What does that do now to us as gun owners? And and that's the question I have for you guys is, if more people in the city, because in the city you're not allowed to, you can't have a firearm in the city, like, you can own them, but they'd be in your home. Um, If more people had a pistol in there, that guy never would have gotten in the parking lot, out of the parking lot. You know what I mean? Well, James, I that that's there was somebody there exchanging fire with this person who was heavily armored. Right. I there is one thing that has been said, and that's the it's one of these fact of life things, Joe, that it's hard to come to grips with. And that I think is one of the causes, I think it's why you see so much fighting over this issue, why you see so many people rush to say, well, if only this happened, uh, then we wouldn't be dealing with another shooting event. And I think it is that sense of helplessness, that there are some things in life you can't control. We spoke with John Flynn, the district attorney earlier this morning and you know he kind of said in no uncertain terms that there's there is not an easy way to stop this i mean there are there ways to prevent this from happening likely is there any sort of silver bullet magic you know way to wave a wand and and stop this from happening i again it's, this is why I have somewhat of a defeatist attitude right. is because it is one person who 
decided to travel hundreds of miles and carry out a hate-filled attack. There's, I mean, there's nothing, to me, there's nothing to argue about. There's nothing to, in the immediate term, get at each other's throats about. Yep. There's no easy solution to that. There really isn't. No. And again, that's uh, that's what really just upset me on Saturday. And it continues to upset me is that the the default is to start arguing. Um, I just don't think that's this is the time. But that's 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 my take. So what do you say? Um, what do you feel today? Eight oh three oh nine thirty. You're listening to BMAS and Beamer on W. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Ian. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back. Beamaz and Beamer here on WBEN. And, of course, talking about the worst shooting in Buffalo's history, terror in the city this Saturday and how we move along and go through it. Uh, Before we get back to you, we'll turn to Aaron Katursky, who's joining us, who's been uh, in Buffalo following this story. And, you know, Aaron, one of the things that's been, you know, amazing is how fast Buffalo police were able to respond to this scene. And that becomes uh, maybe even more so what we learn after the fact that it could have been much worse and not just at that tops. The Buffalo police commissioner told us this morning, Brian, that uh, had he not been stopped, uh, Peyton Gendron had plans that they've, uh, they've seen evidence of to continue his rampage uh, beyond the top supermarket. The commissioner said that he was going to drive out of the parking lot, continue down Jefferson Avenue and try to find more black people to, to shoot and to kill and perhaps even go into a, another store to, to open fire. He certainly had plenty of ammunition. Uh, Commissioner Gramalia said there were a number of high-capacity magazines that he was carrying on his person, but also 
uh, in his car. We know he had two other weapons in the car that police recovered. So uh, Grimalia said that he was convinced there would have been additional carnage had the police not convinced him to to drop the weapon and give himself up. You know, Aaron, uh, more and more coming out uh, about this uh, this shooter. Uh, are, are authorities surprised that he was not on some type of radar, especially after uh, threats he had made a year ago? Well, this is the problem. In our country, we don't have a mechanism, either through law enforcement or through social services, to track people like Peyton Gendron. He came into contact with the state police last June. He was given an assignment at his high school to write about his plans for after graduation, and he wrote murder-suicide, according to multiple law enforcement officials. That then prompted the high school to report him to the state police. They sent him for a mental health evaluation that lasted about a day and a half. He was released. There were no criminal charges filed, and he was able to uh, to to legally purchase the, the Bushmaster XM-15 that, that he used here, allegedly, in the in the massacre. You know, Aaron, you, you cover all the, the big stories. Uh, you, you've been all around the country. This is, you know, the, the biggest shooting in Buffalo ever. Uh, what, from your experience, you know, what what does the community do in the following days? What what are we going? What do you expect to see from the community from Buffalo um, as coming together in these uh, next couple of days? Well, I you know I hate to, to say that it follows a pattern, but but you know what I'm seeing is familiar. You know the I, I see right now uh, an evidence technician suiting up, uh, putting on blue booties to to go inside the tops market to continue to process what what's been described to us as a really grim scene inside. The, the expressions of grief in the form of balloons and flowers and candles have sprung up on the lawn outside. We've heard Governor Hochul denounce hate, call for tighter gun laws, uh, call for uh, an end to, to white supremacist rhetoric online and social media companies. These kinds of calls follow every single mass shooting, and the country doesn't do anything about it. Uh, and then the president will come and offer the condolences of the nation, and he will pay tribute to the first responders, undoubtedly, who who, who acted bravely. Um, but but still, this will repeat itself. And to give you a bit of context, in addition to the shooting here, which is undoubtedly the, the worst mass shooting of the year so far in the United States, in the 72 hours um, from Friday until Sunday evening, 127 people were killed in the country by gun violence. Aaron, we thank you for the update. Aaron Katursky joining us live. You'll hear uh, more from him throughout the day here on WBEN as we continue our coverage. Uh, We're asking you, what do you say after what happened? What are you feeling? 803-0930. We'll go to Brenda in Buffalo. Brenda, you're on WBEN. How are you feeling this morning? For you, uh, I'm the I'm the cousin of the security guard. We're sorry to hear that. I I, may, I, 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 I can't even say anything uh, to you to, other than sorry for your loss. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm still speechless behind it. Um, I was with the family. We were at uh, Stanley Mikowski, and all we could do was just sit and just kind of reflect on the day and the happenings. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank everyone who had, for their condolences uh, and gratitude. I'm an avid listener of WB 
B-E-N. I call in David de Bellavia knows me because he knows my husband was in the service. But it is, uh, I listened to one caller about if it could have been avoided. Uh, we realize things like that can't be. You never know uh, whether you walk into a place and whether it's going to, you're going to come out in, during this day and time. You just, we are, our family, the Salter family is a very strong family, religious family, and we just consistently pray and, and, and look to our, our maker and to our God. And, um, and we are very uh, close-knit, and uh, we're very close-knit. And when one family member suffers at something or something happened, we all do. Um, so I just want to, I know there's a lot of questions. Those same questions are well, also were in our mind and plague. But as we say, our Aaron was our hero, and he was our family. And he came from a very strong religious background. His mom, his mom was the general manager of Wuffo, um, Carol Salter, and her father. And they used to have a cleaners and Aaron, uh, a cleaners. And um, so he came from a very strong line of religious and um, and caring and loving people. And um, and I just want to extend my um, gratitude on behalf of my family to those that have uh, thought of us and everything. What has helped you and your family uh, that you've seen from the community? Uh, so many people want to help in some way, shape, or form. Uh, what has helped you? The caring, the 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 calls, the um, the. The kind words, the different things, even relatives have even, even though I'm a cousin, and uh, relatives have even um, uh, checked on me because Saturday was so, it was a draining day. I was there, uh, I had to be with my, I was prompted because I, I, I was prompted to be with them, and I went and I, there, but then I also witnessed other people as they learn the fate of their loved ones, the, the screams of, 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 you know, of, of distress and things. It was just a very, very, um, it was a very draining day. But the, the gratitude, seeing people gathered together, the prayer vigils, and even, I even know those that were working. I had a, a couple of uh, girls uh, one of my pastor's daughter was working at the time, and and she heard the gunshots, but she was able to run out the back, run to the back, run out the back door, and run across and hide in the bushes. And yesterday, I learned of another girl who was there, who was able to hide under something and then be later taken to safety. So it's very traumatic for uh, even to hear those stories. And when I got the call of my cousin being. Um, of the fatality, I immediately thought of other people I knew that worked there, and I called and checked on them, and I was glad to hear she was okay. But and then they told me the fate of my cousin. Aaron is being remembered by everyone who knew him, and everyone we hear from is a hero, obviously for his actions. 
and not just on Saturday, but through his career as a police officer and everything, when he was not... A lot more, I, I believe, that by his actions, he prevented further, even a larger tragedy, because it was able to just be centralized right there where he was. When he was not being that hero and putting on that uniform... What else will you remember Aaron for? As a family member, uh, as as family, as uh, and his and his family, uh, as uh, he was to be a police officer and to be an officer was bravery in itself. Because that, to me, lets me know he wanted to serve his community. Brenda. We're sorry for your loss. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm now, it's coming to, uh, I, I have been so speechless and so shocked. I, I, I was sitting and I was, I can't, said, I can't even, I can't even cry. But now I can almost feel, when I started, now I guess I'm more or less talking about it now because I just haven't said anything. I, I think it's an emotion that a whole lot of family members are going through right now. And uh, thank you for the time this morning. And uh, Thank hope, you. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you can get through uh, these next weeks, days, uh, and then some. I, that is not unique to having known or been related to one of these 10 people. It's, I think... There's no shame in everyone in Western New York having some sense of that speechlessness of not knowing what to say in having an event that, as we talked with Aaron, has happened so many times in this country. So many times you get desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. You you don't treat it as something that could happen in your community, even if it is very close, but then it hits home and it's almost like it happened for the first time. It's almost like every other shooting, every other event like this across the U.S., across the world had never happened before. Well, and, and I don't mean to sound insensitive because it it's real. It happens to people you know or people that you know, no. You know what I mean? And I mean, Brenda, Brenda calls in all the time, you know, and, and, uh, so sorry for her loss. And, and, and Brian, you saw this as soon as, uh, she started talking, I got a little, uh, a little choked up as well. And it, it, it just, it happens in our backyard. It happens, it happened in Buffalo. It, 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 most people listening to my voice know exactly, have been there, know exactly the location. It, it makes it more real. And I, I don't say that to be offensive, but it just makes it real because it happened to Buffalo, it happened to our community. We'll go to Pat calling from Buffalo. Pat, I, what, what, what's going through your mind in the last 48 hours? Well, you know, I really feel really bad for the community that got assassinated, and that's the terminology that really happened. These people out here that do these shootings, they're nothing but barbaric people. They don't believe in religion. They don't believe in love. All they want to do is to tear this government down and get away with shooting. 
And my main objection to this is we got to stop feeling sympathetic and stereotyping people saying they're mentally ill. This kid was not mentally ill. He came in Friday. He spoke what he wanted to see and do, and he proceeded to do it. He had the ammunition. It was pre pre-planned on what his intentions were. Somebody with mental issues don't pretend. They they don't preapplicate. They just act immediately. This guy planned it. And I think part of the reason he came to Buffalo was a couple of weeks ago back in, in New York City with the train with that guy with the canisters and shooting the train up. Yeah, uh, we, we know what you're talking about, Pat. Mayor, but he did make a statement saying, we're lucky we have never had shootings in Buffalo. And I think that this challenged this kid. He did it to make a name for himself. you got nothing but packets of terrorists and treasonous people. And back in the day, they had a law, the death penalty. You didn't have all this crazy stuff going on. And I think they should reinstate it. These officials and government and president, well, everybody else uses it. Pat, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there. There is a federal investigation that could be um, – that could end in the in the death penalty. Not that that's I, the top of anyone's list right now. Before we go further to, on down there. Just to answer that question. I, I do want to touch on because I was talking about this after we spoke with Dr. Cummings on the air. I talked with him a little bit off the air. Um, and to that point where Pat says it's uh, making excuses for people and uh, treating them with kids' gloves to say mental illness. And I don't think that's necessarily what's going through people's minds when that's brought up. I think it's our way of trying to explain what happened. Um, in the majority of people's minds, you cannot fathom somebody doing this. And so for the majority of people to see this, it would only stand to reason that this must be Somebody who is mentally ill, because how can it be any different? How can anybody in the right frame of mind go and do this? And, you know, in speaking with Dr. Cummings after, I, I would consider myself on the same. I, I would say the exact same thing, that there there is nobody in the right frame of mind who would do this. Uh, from Dr. Cummings' perspective, and he can correct me if I'm wrong in saying this, and I think from a medical perspective, why he was maybe very careful to point out that people with mental illness are very extremely rarely are not going to do an attack like this. There is a different definition for mental illness from somebody in his shoes versus I think what kind of we just throw around the term mental illness right. um i think when it's used by us not by a professional i think what we're trying to convey is that exact feeling how could anybody do this right i nobody who is clear thinking who is a, a member of our society could ever do this. So it must be 
something that I can't explain. It must be some form of mental illness. And I think there is some truth to that, obviously. Right. But it's not, uh, if you're coming at it from his perspective and talking with him a little bit off the air, there is, I mean, there is a defined mental illness, and these do not fall under (laughs) that category. Um, It's not to say that there's nothing wrong. I mean, there's obviously something wrong. Yes. Right. Uh, But to kind of categorize it all as mental illness to Pat's point is unfair. What I'm saying and why we do that, I think, is just reaching for an explanation as to how the unexplainable happened. Right. It's part of that. It's part of it being unexplainable, right? Trying to find those words uh, that that fits right in. Well, uh, we will uh, continue with our coverage all day here on WBEN. Uh, There will be a press briefing this afternoon. You'll be able to hear that live here on WBEN. Then you have the interviews from A New Morning, available at WBEN.com and on the Odyssey app, including our interview with Aaron Katursky. Coming up next, David Bellavia will uh, will start after a news update with Randy Bushover. Brian and I will be back tomorrow morning here on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.